Today's Braised Bits is sponsored by Jabba the Pizza Hut. Do you like Star Wars? Well, then this isn't for you because former Major League pitcher Jabba Chamberlain has opened up a brand new pizza franchise and Star Wars fans are not allowed. A meal at Jabba the Pizza Hut will have you bugging out for more. If you're looking for a curveball, don't come here because all they have is pizza. Jabba the Pizza Hut, now available on Uber Pete's. We got some Braised Bits. Absolutely scrumptious ad. Jabba Chamberlain, I have his jersey. Jabba rules. I was a big Jabba guy. He was huge in like 2007, 2009. He seemed like the future, but also the past because he was like a baseball player when like baseball was like the dominant sport in America. I feel like he harkened back to those days. He sure did. He was huge physically and metaphysically. And I feel like if your name is Jabba Chamberlain, you're probably from the 19th century. Yeah. Great name. Jabba Rules. Jabba the Hutt. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but I am a Jabba Rules guy. I've only seen one of the Star Wars movies, episode one, with Zachary Snackery, definitely. Really? Yeah. Snackery's a big Star Wars guy? I think I watched it like twice. I don't know if he's a big Star Wars guy, but I remember, I specifically remember watching it at his house because he had moved, and it was like his new house. You and Snack go way back. Uh, we go way back. You go back. Bro, we go back from um, this play group when I was three months old and he was three months wow, old. There no was like, way. there was this like, yeah, some, some high school friends. Um, That's deeper than me and Phil. Phil yeah. and I go way, way back. We're not three months. Snackery was six months old and I was three months old. And it was this like play group. And then everyone went to school and, you know, became Brazerbacks. You love that. Welcome to the Brazerbacks. Welcome to Braze Bits, episode 91, Lance. If this was 1991, me and you would be one years old. That's true, but it's not. It's not, but it could be. I liked how you threw that out there, but there's a lot of people throwing out these things that it was like, if it was this, then it would be that, and it's not that. So move on. I'm going to throw something against the wall, Lance. If it sticks, it's al dente. I'm anti-pasta. I don't think if it was al dente, it would probably not stick. So if it sticks, it's it's not al dente, it's it's well like cooked. Soft. Tooth so if it's if it's al dente, it would fall off the wall. So what I just if threw was, if, was if, al dente. If it was al dente, it would al dente the wall and then fall. Beautiful. So what I just said about 1991 was al dente. Let's let's just move on. Michelle Obama. Let's move yeah. on. How the hell are you, Lance? I'm all right. I'm back from my vacation. I you would be. I was kind of really in my zone. We were leaving on planning on leaving on Saturday and a hurricane was coming the next day on Rhode Island. And you know me, nothing worse than not being prepared for a natural disaster. So I ensured that we leave. We left early, avoided oh. all the traffic. You left Friday or you left? No, no, no. We, left at, early... we left at 9am on Saturday. Okay. Okay. We were gone 9am Saturday. Didn't really hit much, hit a little traffic, but not too much. Enough time to go to the grocery store, all stocked. Ended up not being that bad, although the rain was pretty incredible. There was most rain in New York City in like an hour span period ever on Saturday night. And we were prepared. Incredible Hulk. Yeah, New York and Long Island, I feel like didn't get hit hard. But Rhode Island, I, from what I read, was, like, was hit the hardest. So you avoided Hurricane Henri. Henri. Enrique. 
now you're back. Now you're back in the real world. Um, you feel yeah. refreshed? Yeah, I feel it's fine. Vacations are good, but you know. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The vacation was good, but also like half hour before this, I had a calf cramp and oh, I kind of no. just like stretched it out. And that was equally as satisfying. Stretching out the cramp, get, getting a cramp stinks. Yeah, you but got, once you could you like through it. relieve it, that relief. Erickson. Yeah. Kate texted me. Uh, she texts me all the time. Kate and I, I feel, I feel like we've been getting closer over the, the podcast years. She texted me after we recorded last week that I may have inspired you to dip a toe into the big drink, a.k.a. the ocean. Did you follow through? Oh, no, I did not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was going to spent a week by the beach and you didn't even dip a toe. We actually didn't go back to the beach after we recorded and we didn't end up going. We were going to go to the beach the last day. It just didn't work out with timing. I probably would have went in, but she was so excited. She was so genuinely thankful. Like, I think you really got through to Lance about how it's the perfect time of year to go into the ocean. Instead of going to be warmer, we've got a great opportunity here. And you didn't even, all right, move on.org. Frank Ocean. I miss that guy. Beautiful voice. We got a lot of meal prep this week, Lance. The Discord has been going off the chains, two chains, the rapper. Subscribe to the Discord or join it. There's a link on our Instagram bio, or you could email brazebits at gmail.com if you're not social media conscious. It's good. There's good stuff happening. Number one, I got to shout out Michael K. Her dishes are incredible. Unbelievable. I don't know why she's not opening up a restaurant. She should. Michael K is absolutely, I don't know how she finds the time between announcing the Yankees, doing her afternoon radio show with Don LaGreca, but cooking up these healthy, nutritious, but also scrumptious and vivacious meals. So many different colors, greenery. Oh, I, I, I just wish I could, I could munch on those pictures. Yeah. Yeah, and then Snackery doing a great job kind of steering the uh, the Discord. He posted a news bite that I thought was interesting. I don't know if you saw. You probably did. I don't know why I, w- I said that, but that's what people say. They're like, I don't know if you saw this and everyone has seen everything now, but you still have to say it. I saw this from the Discord and never I hadn't heard about it otherwise, but it was great. Snackery's on top of the food news. He's our food news guy. Danny DeVito is calling for a Nabisco boycott. Here's why. Why is he calling for a boycott, Jesse? He's calling for a boycott to get the Nabisco workers, the union, to get higher wages and better working conditions and probably more. (laughs) You didn't click through, did you? (laughs) I sure did. I think that was a good overall synopsis. Higher wages. And better live and better working conditions. What else you got, Lance? The proposed contract changes would eliminate the overtime accrued for weekend work shifts longer working than eight hours. They're scaling back. They're not saying we want more money. They're saying they're ta- things are being taken away. And health plan benefits were also slated to be reduced. And this is the the bargain, right? Work is a continual contract of. I will do things for this enterprise if this enterprise meets the conditions necessary for me to do it. And increasingly you see these companies aren't meeting the you know, the things. And as I, as I had said several months ago, talking about jobs that, you know, places being understaffed, saying it's right-wing uh, talking points, 
not untrue, but clearly this is keeps going on. And I think it's a signal that a lot of companies are not meeting, uh, you know, the, uh, the demands of workers and snack on that. Good for DeVito getting in the, uh, the ring, tweeting it out. He's a big Oreo guy. He loves snacking. He had some kind of good slogan. It was like, no snacking until we start. No contracts, no, no con- snacks. contracts. Yeah, no <laughs> contracts, no snacks. Not bad. Not bad at all. Kate said that uh, also Nabisco is killing people because they're they have it's like Oreos are bad for you. That, that, that's probably very true. I haven't had an Oreo in a long time. But they're, they're double stuffing them. They're triple stuffing them. The cream in the center is just getting bigger by the day. I used to like to dip them in milk. I could see that. Harvey milk. And then the other, the other are we, I mean, this is the main event. <laughs> I, I mean, think so. I, this came in through the wire at the last second. Pod Nemesis Eric Seidel just drops a bomb on Baghdad, in which AKA the Discord. I don't know if you want to read it. He asked for a dream interpretation. I'll read it. He says, I would like Jay Iggs' dream interpretation. I was either still with or back together with an old girlfriend, unclear. And wherever we were, she was feeling ill and I went to get help, nothing urgent. And when I came back, she was dead and later found out she was pregnant. What a disturbing and troubling dream from the pod nemesis, Eric Seidel. And he wants me to interpret it. I don't think he's going to like what he asked for, but you know what? Sometimes you got to swallow the medicine for the doctor. Seidel, I, I, I will say this. To start off on a positive, Seidel is revealing his cards. He's not, he's, you know, he's a Texas Hold'em champ. Very, usually has a good poker face, but this time, this dream really reveals who the, uh, the pro poker player really is. So the dream Maybe is Maybe he's that- luring you into a trap. No, I, I, I think he had a crazy dream and, he, and he's desperate to figure out what this means. And now he's not going to like it. Desperate housewives. Eva Longoria. I think this dream where he is with an unclear, I think it's pretty clear to him who the girlfriend is unclear whether he's back with this ex-girlfriend or whether he's not. And then he leaves because something happened and then comes back and she's dead. And then finds out from the autopsy that this woman was pregnant. I think this shows that, Mr. Seidel's got some intimacy issues. I think he's he's scared of getting into a relationship. This is why he's still single, because he's scared of getting into a relationship, and that he's going to leave, and that the woman's going to die. How do you also, know? That, how do you know the bottom nemesis is single? God, we talked about it. That was several months ago. Things may have changed. I'm going under the assumption he's single. All right, you could be wrong. Is, is he single? I'm not going to reveal his cards. Well, I will, then I'm going to tell you, he's single. He's a single man who doesn't want to get a girlfriend. He thinks he's going to leave to go out to get some milk to dip his Oreos in, even though he's not reading the news about Nabisco. And he's going to come home to a dead wife. And then he has the insecurity to think that this wife is also not telling him that she's pregnant and that he's going to find out that he had an unborn child well, maybe, that's dead. Maybe she didn't know she was pregnant. Maybe it was like very early on. You would know. I mean, if it was not early on, then you would know that she was pregnant by the nature of being pregnant. Not always. Sometimes sometimes the bigger women can hold it. You know, sometimes you just look a little thicker around the, the hips. But I would say that also he's probably insecure that maybe it wasn't his baby. Maybe this woman was sleeping around on old Seidel. <laughs> it's not even his kid. Maybe, maybe she was murdered. 
by the, the I mean, it just shows how Seidel's got a twisted, just backward mind. What a wacko. These dreams are just these dreams ma- ma- one dream. maniacal. These you've never, you've never me, had it. Me, it sounds me and like Seidel have talked about his dreams for a long time. These dreams, this is a trend. He's trending downward. I think he's a tragic figure in this dream. I, I sense it almost. I agree. You watch, you watch Manchester by the sea. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sad scene. It's a sad movie. He's, I think there's, he's, he's trying to yeah, do the right things and he's, you know, there's tragedy and it's unavoidable. And it I, I think really a very sad, very sad tale from Mr. Seidel. I, I didn't, he didn't ask me to interpret it. So I don't need to, you don't have But to. my interpretation is life is tragic. Sure is. And all you could do is eat some good pasta, some mashed potatoes and move on. Dot org. I think it just shows why Seidel doesn't reveal who he is. He's scared of who he is. He's scared that he's scared that if he comes to my comedy show and and I meet him, that maybe, you know, maybe I break his heart. But maybe our friendship doesn't bloom in this dream. He doesn't do anything evil or bad. But it's just things happen to him. Exactly. But the symbol of him having a girlfriend, of having this ex that he's back with. I don't believe he's, I, be, I believe he's single. I believe Mr. Seidel is still single. All right. Um, unless proven wrong in the court of law. Taiwa. Feel free to send in more dreams, Seidel, because I would love another peek into that twisted brain of yours. Twin Peaks. Peak. Another meal prep. Mr. Phil Jackson came in on the Discord with a infographic on natural landforms and missing from that graphic was peaks. I have no comment. Freak a peak. Peak a freak. Peak a boo. He also threw in there that beaches were not considered natural. They were man-made, which I don't agree with Phil on that one. I'm not going to throw him under the uh, ocean waves, but the coastline is a natural. You got any highlights? The natural landform. The coast. Every coast is natural. Unless, you know, along the subduction lines. And it causes a natural landfall. Now, subduction lines are way under the coast. They're underground. Sure. Railroad. Tectonic. Harriet Tubman. Tectonic Tubman. Gin and tectonic. Now we're grooving hot. I sure do got a nice highlight, Lance. Thank you for asking. You were going on, and I was like, this is, everyone's going to tune out. I went to City Field with my dad this past weekend. We went to a Dead & Co. concert with John Mayer. Great time overall. Great father and son time. We also went with my friend, um, call him Campbell Soup. My friends, my father's friend, Ross from Friends, and his girlfriend came along. Had a great evening at City Field. It was very hot, very humid. Uh, everyone is vaccinated who went to the show or had a rapid test. First concert that I've been to, I think, in like a year and a half. Very cool to be back in a, in a stadium with a lot of people. Overall, very fun night. The pod father. That sounds great. We've talked about this. I admire John Mayer's music, musical prowess. And he's like in the background, right? He's not even like, uh, he just likes to do it. He rotates. He, he does some like front man stuff and singing, but it's not, he's not doing it for, you know, the, the fame and glory. I think he loves the music. You could tell. He well, keeps the energy of the band because he's, he's the younger one of the group. So he, he keeps the energy high and it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm not going to contribute. It sounds like you had a good time. I'm not going to pretend I'm jealous. I don't know if that's what what, what a reaction you want out of me. <laughs> You're asking my highlight. 
trying to make you jealous. Maybe you're jealous of the relationship I have with the bot fathers. That's something you and Drode would do. Maybe maybe, that's, maybe, we would never go. You want me to <laughs> we would never go to a concert. You want me to analyze that? Analyze this? I'm not trying to make you ask me my highlight. Something One time, right before the pandemic, my sister got my parents tickets to, I forget who it was. Oh, it was like a Tony. It wasn't Tony Bennett, but it was like a Tony Bennett type of person. And then Drode was like mad. He's like, what do we got? I don't want to go to this. He's not a music guy. He's not a music guy. He's a ski lodge guy. He's a ski lodge guy. His accounting. Yeah. Yeah. My friend uh, Campbell Soup said that he would never go to a concert with his father. So I I really appreciated the time with the pod father. Yeah, it's nice. A lot of fun. I'll tell you yeah, my highlight right now. I'm not yeah. going to contribute. I won't so, contribute to it. So we went out to eat a lot in this trip. The highlight of this was one of the best meals I've had in my life, hands down. Dashboard confessional. This place, Castle Hill in Newport, which is this like super nice hotel that also has like a restaurant and bar and like this like, I guess you'd call it like grounds. Like there's like all these Adirondack chairs and you could kind of like walk around and it's views of the, it like the river or the bay or whatever it is there. And you just kind of look out, maybe you get a, a wobbly pop or an Arnold Palmer perhaps, and just kind of sit there and, and look at the sunset or just hang out in the chairs, relax, read a book, watch some kids play hide and seek. Whoa, that's but creepy. I think they were playing hide, they were, they were hiding behind like our chairs. So we didn't really, we were kind of in the game. Got it. That's fun. Yeah. And they're like, one, EA two, sports. three, four, five, six. Ready or not, here I come. You love that. Yeah. You're really EA Sports. You're really I, I got you. I, I skipped over it because I was, didn't want to give you the credit for that one. You're, you're coming <laughs> off a of vacation, Lance. You're really a Squidward right now. It's unbelievable. You thought you would be refreshed. You come in with a, be- a better attitude. What's the heck is going on I got a leg cramp i got cramping my cramp. style i gotta i gotta deal with difficult people i came back and i had to deal with difficult people i get that got, anyway the tv show on hulu i've heard that's good i've seen i've seen episodes it's, it's funny then so any but anyway the highlight of this is this dinner it's just this like soup it's very nice it's like exquisite i guess is the right word you're in like this old inn with like it's like notes of like britishness and like some like french style stuff in terms of the dining it's like fancy there's a dress code and you know i'm not a dress i dress down but i i actually went out and bought shoes for this meal because you gotta when a place has a dress code you gotta respect the dress code and you were in this the restaurant, it was like these small rooms. So you're in like, I mean, there was like a, two other tables in a room, but it was basically almost like a private room. The way they set it up, it's like three different rooms, I guess you could be in. And the dinner was just phenomenal. It was um, like a price fix thing. So you get, it was $92 per person pre, uh, pre-wobble, which the quality of the food in New York would be like $200 a person, I feel like. And this appetizer i got raviolo with it was like corn and squash which is this one gigantic ravioli thing you you put your fork in it everything just it was one of the best things i've ever eaten in my life i had a new york strip with these potatoes they weren't mashed they were incredible though 
And the dessert, actually, I got the wrong thing. I should have got the panna cotta. I got this like deconstructed cheesecake. But the service was like, you know, when there's just really, really good service and it just enhances the meal. It was just like professionally and tastefully done. Everything was perfect. They hit the right notes. They hit the right rhythm. The food was amazing. There's no chance. Like Kate and I were like, well, we have to go come back here. It was expensive, but it was definitely worth. I mean, I actually didn't pay for it, but it was it was worth the. Uh, I would I would pay for it for sure. You're making me jealous. You're making my mouth water. You're making me. I didn't want to contribute, but I got to contribute, Lance. You saw, you went you experienced the masterpiece. When it was a masterpiece. It was a when masterpiece. The, when the yes. food and the service meet in one orchestra of just magic, it's it's and there's nothing better than that. You can't beat that. There's, when you walk out of there full with no complaints, it's it's wonderful. It wasn't wonderful even life. no. It wasn't even no complaints. It's like oh, this is what the potential of a dining ex- can be. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I was wowed in every sense and every we all we all were. It was it was nice. It was because there were some things on our trip. You know, we went out to eat pretty much every night and you get sick of restaurants, you know, and like you see things and it's like things start to get under your skin. Things start to get under your skin. Things start to get under your skin. (laughs) But like this, it was so perfect. And it was also like it was the focus was on quality. And I feel like where you, it's not restaurants, it's everywhere you go now. It's like the focus is on like figuring out how to get Nabisco workers to not work, to not pay Nabisco workers. So they create a product that's like not as good because they want to save money on Cloroxerine or whatever is in the, the, like, I feel like everything's like a zero sum private equity game now. And maybe this place is, but they, it seems like the focus is on just like a quality experience, which is like, I feel like increasingly uncommon. Sounds like it's the kind of restaurant where like it has such a great reputation where the people that work there are like honored to almost work there and then it's good for their resume. Yes. It's a good experience. Yes. So those are the best kind of restaurants when it's so high quality that the people there are appreciative of not appreciative of working there, but they like they know that this is going to enhance their career and they're going to learn from well, the it's it's not even that. It's like also like this is a quality, like I guess working there is probably like a prestigious thing. Like they probably yeah. don't you know, getting hired there is probably difficult. And I'm sure you make good money. That's great. Sounds delicious. It's very rare to have those kind of experiences in the, in the dining world these days. Sometimes dining experiences get under your skin. I would say, no, not the majority, but uh, most dining experiences, especially in New York City, I, I got to tell you, Lance, a couple of things here and there, they really start to drive me a little wacky. Would, would you say you have certain pet peeves? That's a good way to say it. It's a good turn of phrase with your Lance. Pet peeves. I definitely have a good amount of pet peeves about certain dining experiences at a restaurant. I can go on for days about it. Peeves the poltergeist from Harry Potter. I, I had to say it. Sorry. I had there to get it out. I had to get it out. Askpeeves.com. I'm going to search that reference. I didn't get it. He's this, uh, it's like, he's like a jokester of in Hogwarts and he just like plays pranks on Pol- Peeves the Poltergeist he plays like pranks on Harry and the other students. Got it. Yeah, I mean, is that the pot? That's it. <laughs> Top nine restaurant pet peeves. I'll lead off, but you could lead off whatever you want. 
We're doing our top nine restaurant pet peeves. This is a good one. I'm surprised we haven't done this one, Lance. I say that about all the lists we do, but this is, I think we're going to, I think this is going to be a great list. I think we're both going to go different ways, similar ways, ways the app. You can go first. My number nine is when you arrive for your reservation and your table is not yet available. Now, this is number nine. I understand restaurants are a complicated dance and often the business model is you need to get 500 people in a night and turn them all around so you have enough money to pay the rents and the rent is too high and you can't even, you know, the business model in certain cities is insane for restaurants. So you have to just churn out as many people as you can and people like to linger and you have difficult customers and creates problems. But if you got a reservation, your table should be reserved for you. That's, that's a reservation. If you don't make a reservation, then you're, you're off the, the reservation. Table. Okay, I haven't. That. <laughs> that's, that's not, it's not fair when you have a live audience. I'm bombing over here. I have a version of that, so I'm going to hold my contribution. Did you think it's a good one, though? I did think it was a good one. And then you got to sit there like an idiot at like, on like a chair, and then there's like, you're with like five people, but there's only two chairs. Right. And everyone waiting is never in a good mood. Everyone in that little waiting area, people are pacing, people are hovering around the hostess table, trying to finagle their way in. Everyone's hangry. My number eight is when you order an item, you don't get it, but you say, ah, we didn't need the mushroom flatbread. It's fine. We don't need it. But then you get the check. Lo and behold, $14 for the mushroom flatbread. That's a good one. So the pet peeve is that you have to then get the waiter over there and correct it's, the it's double incompetence i understand things get lost in translation if it's not a major thing it's fine maybe you order too much anyway but the fact that that incompetence it is not bothered to be corrected on the on the other side that is what bothers me about it that is i don't have that on my list but that's definitely a huge pet peeve i was thinking about having a version of that i've i've seen at some restaurants when there's not any, like when it's like people our age or maybe younger, I I've seen sometimes the waiters try to throw on something and see that we aren't going to uh, audit the bill. Like a couple of different times they've tried to add on an extra wobbly pop or an extra road soda and trying to like, just, you know, get an extra 20 bucks in the bill. And then we catch it and we catch them if you can. I, I don't like that. I don't like when they try to work, work you over. So you're saying people are, so you're saying like people like 50 and younger? I'd say 40 and younger. If they see a table of, of people yeah, so 40 now, and younger. I was, I was saying that's our age. Yeah. It was a callback to your joke. Because I'm saying I'm, we're 50 years old. We are. <laughs> it was a pretty good joke, I thought. Why people tune in to Praise Bits? This is quality stuff. This is high. This is quality meats. Quality Italian. Yeah, I don't know. I, didn't, I never really experienced that, to be honest. That's fair. My number seven is when the dinner becomes a negotiation. So this is like hard to exactly say, but it's when like your like one example of this is actually the day after we went to this Castle Hill uh, dining experience, we went to a restaurant, good restaurant, our server, I think it was her first day. She was a little bit in over her head. There was some issues. She had told us she had never been in the room before. There's three rooms in the restaurant. So I can't imagine that it wasn't her first day. And mm. if she was, then that was anyway. So 
where like get we get the dinner comes out like two two people's plates come out and then it's like a long time until everyone else has come out i eat fast i got my plate early where you know i'll just like eat don't she comes over and she's like do you guys want dessert everyone at the table except for me is like only halfway through it's like eating a meatball and she's like do you guys want dessert and no is one a, knew what is to it a say. Play place? Is it a place where they got? No, no one knew to say. Place? But it's like we—you just gave us dinner, you just gave us the the food. So then we have to be like, we're we're still eating. It's tough. It's a tough spot to be in. She was obviously anxious, but there it wasn't a long prepared dessert needed, right? It wasn't like a souffle that needed forty five minute preparation. She was just no. It would, it would have been like a. We I don't think we even got it. We didn't get it. But it would have been like a tiramisu, a cheesecake. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Or when they're like, we don't have this, but then they like make it like your fault for like thinking you could have, you know, when it's just like when they're, when they just, it, it, yeah. I thought when you first said this, that when the meal becomes a negotiation, that you were talking more of the diners together negotiating. Cause that is also, it's not on my list, but I think it's something interesting, especially when it's family style, when you're negotiating what we're going to order. But I, I could also see it being with the waiter. Uh, oh, yeah. I've either stopped going out to dinner with people where that's going to happen or I accept that it's a situation beyond my control. Most, mostly is out of control, especially when it, yeah. But a part of that negotiation is the person, I don't have it on my list, the person who always wants to share or wants to split. Sometimes I'm down to split, but not always. The person who's like, I, I'll, I, do you want to split something? Yeah. Like, that's the song and dance as well. I think my demeanor, for whatever reason, I could really get away with saying no. Absolutely. I got to start saying no more. Though I do love a good split when it's like a sandwich or a burger. Or a banana. Or a banana. I'll split a banana with you. Anyway. Banana split. Cherry on top. That was my seven. Beautiful. I think we're really grooving now. My number nine restaurant pet peeves is when you sit down and the waiter or waitress says, is this your first time dining with us? I just, I, I feel like I always say no, even if it, I say yes, just because I don't want to hear the whole spiel of what the history, history and tradition, what's the mission statement for this restaurant. I think we could figure it out. I'm a good vibes and energy guy. I'll be able to feel it out. I'll read the menu. Tell me the specials. Is this your first time dining? I don't need, I don't need you to welcome me or be like, oh, you guys, this is going to be a, you're really popping your cherry here. Just, just get, get on with it. Well, what if it's like a Japanese barbecue place and like if there's fifty percent of the people, you know, there's rules and so, yeah. If there's road rules and it's a real world, tell me it up top. For the most part, I think I'm gonna probably know going into it. I'm, I'm doing my research. I'm sometimes reading the menu beforehand. I kind of know what we're walking into. But if, well, if it's information, you got to know. That's fine. Brazerbacks, if this is your first time dining with us, welcome. We do a top nine every week. But that's exactly. I feel like with our podcast, if we had to every single week reintroduce people to be like, this is what we do. This is, this is what people will figure it out. Yeah. Because people are regulars or they'll eventually figure it out. But at a restaurant, you turn off base, but sure. I just don't like it when like maybe one person. I love when it's like, time. when it's like, I've been here. Yeah. yeah. I've been here, but these guys are newbies. <laughs> oh, I love cares? it. I love it. Ugh. It's exciting. It creates camaraderie. Start getting but, to go, but it also alienates people. It's like oh, it doesn't alienate I, anyone. It's, person it's who like, hasn't been here, it's like no, oh, it, it, it's welcome to the welcome to the club. 
You're now in on something. We're all in in on something together. The fish out of water is not in the restaurant. Yeah, but they're like, oh, you haven't been here. You're going to, you're going to learn quick. Well, we we do here. We give you bread and butter to start and sometimes oil. (laughs) My number eight, Lance, I think you might like this one. Not sure if you're going to have it. It's the old wobbly table. What's the deal with these wobbly ones? (laughs) Why does every restaurant, how did they not figure out before you sit us down? Give it a give the table a little check. Is this guy a wobbler? I feel like seven times out of ten, I'm sitting down on a wobbly table and we got seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I'm going wobble. <laughs> Full wobble. They're putting a, a cardboard piece of thing under the thing. The guy's MacGyvering. I think I got it. Getting down on all fours. I mean, come on. It's 2021. Get these wobblies out of here. <laughs> That's a good one. I think your percentages, I don't know where you're going to eat, where it's 70%. I'm bad with numbers. I'm bad with numbers. But the wobblies really stand out. Yeah, it, I, I agree. It's 2021. <laughs> At least we can agree on that. Yeah, get the wobblies out of here. I, I, I just... It's, it, it's, it, I understand how it might happen. You might have a floor that's uneven. But how is that not the, the first time it happens? Is that Unless every restaurant is getting new furniture every night. Which maybe that's something we don't know. It's possible, but yeah, that's got to be something that's remedied right away if it ever. How are you not like testing it out? Right, well, the remedy you got to figure it out. Summer Sanders. My number seven. It's when the entrees come out too quick after the appetizers, even to a point when you're still having appetizers on the table. I had to, I went out with my the pod parents. The, my Mandre and Padre this past weekend, we went out for brunch and we split a couple of salads to start. And then like a manager came over and said, so your, your main dishes are, are ready. Do you want us to hold them or just bring them out? And we're like, I mean, if they're hot, bring them out, but that's on, you, you got to stagger it out a little bit. I like, I prefer to have a nice little period in between appies and entrees where I can digest. Let me work my hunger back up. Maybe go to the bathroom stick my head in the toilet, give myself a swirly. I just want a little time to process. Don't rush the appy. Don't rush the entrees out there. I feel like I don't have any time to really digest. That's fair. Do you feel like an outcast if that happens too fast? Like entree 3000? (laughs) I do. I mean, more of a big boy. I feel feel like I put my big boy pants when the entrees come out and really just kind of wolf them down. As you were talking about with Castle Hill, admiring the masterpiece, dining is a waltz or a, any other type of dance. And if you get the timing and the rhythms wrong, it's not ideal. And it is really in a lot of sense what you pay for. But there are times where I think it's okay. A diner, for example, sure. the restaurants where it's like implied that it's like in and out burger. There was a situation in Newport this past week one of the nights it was just so slow it was like we got our reservation was at eight i don't think we finished till like 11 and it wasn't like we were just like waiting for our food it wasn't like we were just like hanging you know and so the next night the entrees came and while we or the appetizers came while we were eating the appetizers the entrees came we were just like happy and the waiter like apologized profusely he's like i'm so sorry they weren't supposed to cook them right away and we were like no we're we were thrilled because we were scarred from the night before Right. Certain circumstances, it's great, especially when you're hungry, when you're trying to get out of there, like we were scarred the night before. It's Lion King. You're a queen. Scars pizza. Yummy. Organic. That was your seven? Yes, sir. My number six, it's not too different from your wobbly table, but it is different. It's 
when you're seated at a brutal table in the restaurant. Mm. Restaurants all have seats and tables and booths, and some of those are better than others. And it's really a crapshoot on where you're going to sit. You don't know. You have no idea. There was this restaurant we went to. Some, it was like around the corner from us when Kate and I for a year lived in the Upper West Side. And there's this restaurant, Kota, Kata, that was like close to us. So we went a few times. And I remember twice, this was like a huge restaurant. There was like, I don't know, at least 50 tables, probably more. And, but there weren't that many two tops. And they sat us twice at this table that was like, right next to both the stairs and the kitchen. So it was just people flying. And there was a lot was just people flying out constantly. And every other seating thing, it was like nice. Things were like kind of enclosed and had, it, the whole vibe was just like you were in the kitchen. And I'm not saying that certain tables should like be tiered in terms of prep, but it's like, you know, sometimes you get screwed by that. Sometimes you walk out and you get an amazing table. But sometimes you really get screwed. Will you complain? No, I'll never do that. I, I'll never complain. The moment to complain is when you can't sit down. Once you sit down, then you're, you're locked in. But if they walk you over to the table and you, you're able to make a quick decision, I think you can get away with like... I think it, depend, available? It, it depends on the situation, I think. Yeah. It's, it's a situation by situation. Basis. I don't like doing that. And one of the reasons that it's not the same thing at all, but seating for comedy shows when people don't want to sit in the front it is super annoying because it, the show is worse when people don't sit in the front. It's not exactly the same thing, but I get it. You just need to fill all the seats and that's kind of the bargain you make when you go to a restaurant. But yeah, if, if you can, I think if you could change the seat and it's clearly not a problem at all for anybody, then you do it, but you never know. It could be like, it could be, you know, sometimes if you're a server and you have a certain section and you need right. to put, you know just yeah. to even things out or whatever you don't know what you don't know the situation also i think some similar to like the front row at a comedy show some people like or prefer to be in the front row i feel like some restaurants people i feel like some restaurants sitting next to the kitchen or like next to the it's, it's, it's like a, it's considered a better table sometimes you get well, to see inside of the kitchen and i, I think it depends the chef's on, table it depends on what the situation yeah. is it was just people this door in this case just this door flying open constantly with people you're just you're like in you're like in the way it's like right. the table felt like you're in the way it's a good one my number five you talked about it but you didn't talk about it it's when the restaurant has bread but you see bread on other people's tables they're bringing out bread to other people's tables but it's not coming to your table and then you have to be the bad guy and say hey can we have bread or you suffer in silence and don't get bread if a tab one table has bread, you got to give every table bread. If the restaurant doesn't have bread, that's okay. You don't have to have bread as a restaurant. It's an accoutrement. It's, a, it's an extra. It's a bonus. It's a bonus episode. Subscribe to the Patreon. Please. But you can be inconsistent with the bread. Bread Williams, it's, it's a great one. I almost had it on my list. It's the worst feeling when you see other tables, they're putting down, they're munching the bread, and you're like, are they not? Is it you have to pay for it? Do you have to ask for it? Does our waiter not like us? Do they, do they forget? It's another song and dance. That it's, it's definitely that's a good one. I'm, that's probably my number 10 or 11. What I really don't like about that is they put you, you're, you're put in a position where you're the bad guy, but they messed up. I like it's, it's they're, they messed up. Right. I don't like, I hate, some, I hate things like that. 
some restaurants now are you have to order it and, and they charge you a quality meats you, you had to order bread and it was like five bucks yeah it's these new places that that's like the zero-sum dining experience yeah you just feel like it feels a little slimy but i think what if you're upfront about it whatever I, it, it's it's yeah, the bargain it, they put the menu down is like if you guys want some bread let me know yeah. it's gonna be an extra charge but yeah to make us look around and feel lesser than hate that my number four is when a restaurant has gone downhill <laughs> when i wrote this i had a specific restaurant in mind and now i can't even think of it off the top of my head but this is the tragedy of of life in in a way that nothing gold can stay stay gold pony boy Goldberg. things you might have a really strong positive association is this your first time here no i've been i love this place this is my favorite but then the experience doesn't match the food's changed the vibe changed maybe you've changed i think a good example of this is uh sushi sake places right you know maybe when you're 21 maybe when you're 20 and you're, you're doing it illegally it's like the greatest thing in the world but then when you're 27 you're like you should be banned from going there because it's against the law. It's, it's just, it's just kind of like coming to terms with that. The, the best is behind us and we only, it, it's, it's peaked. It, it hit the mountaintop where now we're, we're descending the summit. Wow. That's a natural landform. If I ever saw one, it's, it's a sad reality that, and, and it also shows it, it's, it's a great comparison to great restaurants that hold the test of time that are able to stay consistent like a great restaurant that you've been going to since you were a little kid and hasn't changed that those places are magic those places are fantastic but it's hard it's not easy to do there's staff turnover people the chefs come in and out but if you be able to stay consistent that's what makes a great restaurant wow that's a good one that, that's definitely a good one and a sad reality that's number four yeah my number six I went back and forth about this one, but I, uh, I got to stay to stick to my druthers. It's when they come over and they ask if you want some fresh cracked pepper. I know it sounds like it, it's, it's a great <laughs> thing. It sounds like a luxury. They come over with the oversized pepper cracker. Ooh, fresh cracked. I don't really understand. Why are you offering me? I haven't even tried my dish yet. How do I know if it's supposed to have pepper? Also, can you ask the chef? If he wants pepper, does, how much pepper? Tell me when to stop. I'll tell you when. I don't know when to start. Why is the chef not putting the pepper on himself? Why is this not something? Why can't I taste it? Why can't you just put it on the table and I'll put it on if I think it's need be? Ooh, do you want some fresh Parmesan shaved over your pasta? I don't know. I, is that going to taste better? Fresh pepper uh, sounds good. Sounds like another add-on. Is this free? Just just give it to me the way the chef wants me to eat it, and I'll shove it down my gullet. I think you might need to go to a facility. I think you're cracked up. <laughs> I'm salt bay over here. You never see anybody asking if you want some fresh salt off my elbow. I don't get it. Like what? They, especially when they come right when they put down the dishes. It's like, I, think I it's don't a know. Nice thing. I don't know what it needs yet. I you got to enjoy it. these pleasures in life. What kind of pleasure? It's a pepper. You're, you're always negative. <laughs> Are you a fresh cracked pepper guy? If they come and offer, are you going to say yes? I, I, I like the idea. I, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, but I always appreciate it. I used to appreciate it. I always thought it was like a special little thing, but I've now I'm, 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 it's all smoke and mirrors. 
It's just another thing. Like, ooh, did you see the big pepper mill over there? It's fresh crap. You're jaded. I don't know how you became this. It is who I am. You got to go to the beach. I do. I got to dip my toe. I'm surprised you don't like that one. I feel you. You would also be see through the the allure of this fake cracked. Pepper. They're not forcing it on you. It's an option. Yeah, but I'll put it on the table and I'll figure it out for myself after I have a couple. But of it's bites. better when it's it's like a nice thing. I think it's a quality a quality thing. And you get to say that's good. Love it. I don't. How do you know when it's you're in the driver's good? seat? Take control. Take responsibility for your dish. Can I? Can I grab it with my own hands and crack my own pepper? Why? Is, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's, who's who's he's the pepper mill? He's the king of pepper? Julius Peppers? Who is this guy? <laughs> Probably our waiter. And I like him. I like him a lot. My number five. This is more about the people who you come to dine with. It's the indecisive orderer who asks so many questions about specifics of the meal, what different preferences and what the waiter uh, suggests. And I ask so many questions, can't figure out, is overwhelmed by the whole menu. I talked about it before. My DeMarcus cousin does this all the time. It stresses me out, overthinks the whole experience. Is It's not that difficult. You figure out what you like. Maybe ask one question, maybe ask one recommendation, but kind of like he he's almost like interviewing the waiter to see if he's going to reveal something that he shouldn't. And uh, it really annoys me. Sounds like you wouldn't like going to dinner with Drode. <laughs> but that I would, I would find that entertaining once if you had to you live like that. You want to come to his uh, surprise birthday we're doing? <laughs> and what if he listens to this? He's not gonna. This will be a good test. There's no chance <laughs> that he hears it. It's uh, September 18th. We're going to Arthur Avenue, Enzo's. Wow, I actually have a wedding that weekend. You're going to? That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, the whole family. Yeah, probably not. My it actually depends. My uh, my brother and sister in law are having a baby, and yeah, it'll be a ra- It's a little before the due date, but yeah, it might. Who knows? That'd be a fun experience. He's, he'll, he's allowed to be picky on his birthday. That's nice. But I, overall... He's, he's all the time. He'll ask questions like, is the gnocchi creamy? And it'll right. be like, gnocchi with cream. Or asking, like, if this is something good, when is a waiter going to trash something? You never want... like, Is, is that good? Yeah, of course it is. It's, I work here. It's a, it's a restaurant. They're, they're trying to make it good. He'll he'll ask questions. I, I'll I'll table it for now because I have something similar later. But he'll ask questions of like the dist- He'll like get into be like, what day is it delivered and how many come? Oh, no way. It's it's That's sometimes amazing. it's embarrassing. That's amazing. He like tries when to get, the get in? to get them. It's like a gotcha. Right. Yeah. That's what my cousin does too. It's like, is this trying to it figure is, out if it's frozen? It horrendous. My number four, it's along the same lines, but different lines. It's when someone at your table asks the wrong waiter or even a busboy for a request. You know who your waiter is. It's the guy or girl who takes your order, the one talking to you, the one asking you if it's your first time. I think it's 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 the the law you agree, it's the agreement you agree to when you sit down in a restaurant. That's your guy or girl who's gonna take care of you. Everyone else has their own responsibilities working in the restaurant. Maybe if a manager is coming by and asking, how's everything? Maybe if the owner comes to kiss you on the lips, 
but I really do not like when someone flags down the first waiter or busboy that they see to ask them for a side of lettuce or something. It's like that person, especially a busboy or bus girl, it's like they're they're not even taking requests. They're just cleaning up dishes and and like. Oh, it drives me up a wall, John Wall. Even the wrong waiters like that. They have their own section. They have their own stuff going on. Just be patient and wait for the person that is serving you. Yeah, I think it's that's a good one. I think it's particularly irksome because it's a mentality of the world revolves around me. I am being serviced. Therefore, everybody is here to service me. And it's just like a very selfish. Un, I, I find it unbelievably like unattractive in a person. There's been multiple times at the comedy shop, you know, I check people in a lot of the shows and uh, like people oh, try yeah. to, I, people have tried to order from, you know, order for me twice. This happened as I was about to go on stage. No yeah. way. And one time I was like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> that, but yeah. And that's ridiculous. I mean, you are seating people so I could see it a little bit, but you're not, no one's asking the hostess at a restaurant for their, you know, how they're, well, their steak cooked. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just not it's just it's a it's a good one because it's a terrible call. It's a there's a it's like a lack of patience. Maybe it's all you have to do is wait, wait around for somebody to come come back. It's a lack of patience, but it's a lack of like it's like a res, it's almost like a respect thing. It, it's just like you think you're above. I, I don't. Know, it's it's bad. There's a lot there. That was my quattro. My number three. I thought you burped just drinking from a straw. It's the last straw for me. Daryl strawberry. Plastic? Can't confirm or deny. Oh, you're a bad person. Didn't confirm it. You have to do everything good at all times. Otherwise, you're bad. (laughs) I'm a bad boy. Spank me, Lance. My number three is when the restaurant doesn't need you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a good one. Some of the Discord chatter was uh, Discord chatter was hinting at this but this was my frustration several weeks ago when i talked about lucali and you can't really be when there's basically when there's a problem at a restaurant and it can't really be resolved because their demand is so high that it almost they like lose money and time by solving your problem and they do not need you to care about how your experience was because they're so popular and so busy that they just, it's not worth it to them to take time and, and figure out your problem. Maybe you deserve it to be answered based on the contract of restaurants, but this restaurant is so good and or so popular or whatever, they don't, they don't need you. And that I, I think it just makes a, it's terrible. You were talking about something just before quality eats. Yeah. Charging for bread is a good example of this, I sure. think. It's we're going to have a strong enough rotation of tourists slash people who think this is like a prestigious status thing to go to that we actually don't entirely care about your experience, even though the name of the restaurant says quality. We they don't need you. Right. Absolutely. That's a great one. Especially they, at the top of the line restaurants where it takes so long to get a reservation many months. It's like almost like a privilege that you're even able to get into the restaurant. You should be so thankful to be there. Yeah. You're going to, you're so lucky you get to be here. You can tell all your friends and take a picture and post on Instagram. It's, it's a sad thing. 
And it makes the restaurant experience so bad, which is why I really love this Castle Hill experience because it's hard to get a reservation. I think it's a Beth Page Black type situation. You have to, the reservations go online two weeks before and you have to like get it pretty quickly. They, you know, they, they, they get taken up pretty quickly. So for that, for a restaurant to be in that position where they theoretically can be that and they're not is always, I think, impressive. You love that. My number two is what we were talking about before. When someone you are with is plain old embarrassing. (laughs) I think usually this manifests itself in the questions being asked. I think that's the most common way, but you're just like sinking in your chair, ashamed that you're associated with this person and there's nothing you can do. And then you could maybe try to apologize, but then you're, then that creates a weird dynamic. I feel like you usually just have to sit there and kind of radiate that. Like the whole table's not like this, but there's nothing we could do about this person. If you're at a restaurant, you know, if you're, if you're a server, you've seen it and you know, you know, this is just what happens with some people, but um, yeah. It's a tough spot to be in, but I, I think it's very revealing. I think people reveal their, their true selves about how they treat restaurant staff and how they act at a restaurant. I think they're like their real personality comes out. They can't really hide it. So it's, it is interesting, but it is also, like you said, it can be very embarrassing, especially because the waiter waitress, like they, they, they're going to laugh at any joke. They're going to, kind of giggle along if it's absurd because that's their job and they're trying to get a good tip. One thing I think I kind of feel bad for a little bit is when you could overhear a table and you could tell that one of the people at the table is embarrassed by the behavior of the others at the table. If that makes sense. Sure. Kate and I went to this diner in Newport Annie's. It was really good. I would highly recommend it. It was like this small luncheonette place. I got some French toast with ham which I never really do, but it was like the French toast was great. And the ham was like this slab of ham. It was incredible. Wait, wait, what are you talking about? Just, just breakfast ham? Are we talking yeah. like Taylor ham? See someone like chiseling or something? Did you hear that? Someone, someone trying to break in. Anyway, what were you talking about? Oh, ham. Yeah, breakfast ham. Or just like ham. It was really good. I don't know. I didn't know what to do. I was like, yeah, why not? Was it like sausage or was it like a, like a, like a ham sandwich? Ham. ham. It's like a slab of ham. Hot, hot. I put some syrup on it because I, I got some on the French toast, and I said, ah, "I might as well." John Ham, Daryl Hammond, good for you. It was anyway. There was this a uh, uh, mom and dad and their daughter, like directly next to us, and they were just insane. I don't Clown like to, I don't like to make judgment. They're insane clouds, but I don't like to make judgments about people I don't know. But. They were questionable. I don't even think questionable at best, just what they were saying and how loud they were and whatever. You could tell in some sense the daughter was embarrassed by them. And I felt for her a little bit, but she also, I don't think was like, she kind of was, she was in, you know, she was in, in, she was in the, in the family. She was in the mob of that family. family. She's a good lady. Yeah. That's my number two. And my number one, this is, I don't think you're going to see this coming, but I think you'll like this. It's when you're in a large group and for whatever reason, when you go to sit down, the seating arrangement ends up being as such where you are screwed. 
You are not in the position. You're not in the seat you want to be. Maybe you're in the worst seat. Maybe you're sitting next to someone you really don't want to sit next to. Mm. The person you want to sit next to is over there. Mm. And seating mm. dynamics, especially in large group tables, can really make or break your situation. Mm. And it is imperative that you get the right seat. I Great went one. to this extended family dinner a few months ago, and pretty much the entire, like Kate and I focused so much on how to procure the proper seat so that we were sitting with people like, cause it, it was dangerous. We we're going into a minefield. And if you're not prepared for a minefield, or if you just get unfortunately screwed over, you're done for. It's, it's, it's a great one. I didn't even think about that one. And it's so, especially if you're at a long thin table the yes. person across from you, it is, it's a game changer. If it's a random cousin who, who you, you can't even, relate to bread and butter about you're screwed but how do you how do you figure out how to procure a great seat without looking insane like you just have to That's talk the to the right person as you're approaching the table you can't rush the table and, and like scout it out you have to be like oh where do we sit oh i don't care and then you kind of everyone cares but everyone doesn't care it's an art you got to see the people you're with you got to see the seat you got to <clears> see how you're being led to it you got to see is there someone you really want to avoid? Where are they sitting? How can you sit in relation to them? That doesn't seem like it's outwardly offensive. Oh. I have spent hours, days, months concerned with this. It is, I think, one of life's greater priorities. I would agree with that. Worst case scenario is you go to the bathroom while you're waiting for the table and they you seat can... you while you're in the bathroom. You're obviously getting screwed. Well, you might as well go home. But, I mean, at that point, you deserve it. Yeah. You're not prepared. Yeah, that's a great one. I got anxious just thinking about that. Phenomenal. My number three is the refusal to seat your party until the whole group has arrived. What are you talking about? We got one guy who's running late. There's three of us here. We're going to start ordering drinks. We might even get an appetizer for the table. Maybe he or she told us what they want for their entree. We're going to start spending money the second we sit down. I don't, this whole process, this whole policy of like, you can't seat you until everybody gets here. It's again, it's like, we don't need you. We don't need you to be here. Well, we're only going to, you told us there's going to be four. We're only going to seat you when there's four. It's like, we're human beings. Just there's a table there. We reserved it. Sit, sit us down. It's a, it's a, we don't need you tactic. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I get it in some sense where, if you're a table of like eight and three people are there, then you're, you are losing a lot of money. If it's a one person, it's, I think it's crazy, but I, I say, I'm not totally, I, I see yours. Your the side. table is still sitting there. They're not going to give away the table for, for a little while. And even if it's, well, you don't people. know, but you don't know. And like certain, especially in New York city, like every table counts and right. you have to, you know, if you have four, and there is a table of seven. You're, you can't sit the group of four at the table of seven. So you're saying that the table of four at the, the table of seven is they're going to sit down and maybe they won't, people won't show up. Well, maybe they'll be there for three hours and you're losing out on two tables of seven or six that come. It's a numbers game. You're bad with numbers. I'm bad with numbers. I can't keep track. But all I know is no matter what, we're going to sit down and we're going to spend money. So you should treat us like we're freaking people. Yeah, but I think usually, but sometimes I understand it. All right. My number two 
talked about it on the pod before. It gets under my skin. It's when the waiter does not write down the order when you're placing what you like, especially when it's a big group, especially when you have certain preferences, no tomatoes, no mayo. Just get out a pad. You're not proving any, anything to anybody about memorization skills. Even if you even if you do it and you read it back to me or you say it back to me and it's all correct, I still think that when you walk back to the kitchen, you're going to get something wrong. Just write it down. Don't be a tough guy. It's a pet peeve of mine, Lance. Number two. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you should really question the process. As long as the end product's fine, who cares? I've been burned too many times. I've been burned by these, these non-writer downers way too many times. Is this your first time here? It is. Yes, it is. So tell me, how long has this building been here? And is the oven old? What's in the tomato sauce? I don't give a shit. Crack pepper over my head. Give me a wobbly table. All right. My number one drives me absolutely nuts. I actually had this experience last weekend. I went out to dinner with my sister and her boyfriend. I ordered a platter of ribs. And it came with coleslaw. And I said, I do not want coleslaw. And the waiter was like, oh, but it's free. It's, I mean, maybe somebody else will have it. My number one is the coleslaw spillage. It occurs on the, at a diner, at a barbecue place. Why is coleslaw always spilling out, especially when you don't want it? It's the combination of the spillage. It's, it's never contained. It always bleeds over onto your, the rest of your dish. And also the judgment you get when you ask for no coleslaw. I'm saying no coleslaw because I don't want no spillage. I'm not trying to be difficult. Oh, someone else will want it. But guess what? I'm the one ordering. I don't want it. Give me no slaw. Give me Garrett Cole. I don't care if it's free. I don't want it. Oh, well, you're unpacking some deep trauma. <laughs> this actually reminds me of the... You told me about this dream. I feel like it was, I don't know, like 20 pods ago where you were at a restaurant and you went to the bathroom and you came back and then you found out the coleslaw was dead and it was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I have an attachment issue with coleslaw. I just can't get over it. I don't understand. Like ketchup, if they give you like a thing is- of ketchup, it has a container. It has a little lid. Why is coleslaw always spilling out of whatever it's in onto everything? This one is too specific that I can't even like get on board with it at all. Come on. I'm sorry. Come on. Get off, get off board. Get in- I don't even think I've like seen this before. Coleslaw right? spilling. Because <laughs> you like coleslaw. So you don't, it doesn't really, you don't really uh, process it. But I don't like coleslaw. I especially don't like mayonnaise. So I, and it bleeds everywhere. Especially at a diner, you get a burger. The coleslaw is gonna bleed onto my fries onto the. It's burger. like it's like in that thing. It's in like yeah, but it's tray. always spilling out of it. On the other things, like maybe there's always a, a loose slaw. No, no, no. It's always loose and it's always spilling. Ten out of ten. Maybe I'll, a wobbly I'll, table. I'll start to notice this more. I mean, it doesn't. It's never contained. Contain the coleslaw. Number one. All right. Solid list. Solid thought. Done. I feel this is very cathartic. Got a lot out there. I, yeah, this was one of our better ones, I think. Absolutely. Phil Jackson thought this could be a classic. Says Might Phil. Be right, Phil. As we've covered before, the ambiance and experience at a restaurant can make or break the entire journey. Give me a break with that Kit Kat bar, Phil. Even when the food is delicious, 
It's tough to look beyond the peeves that can infect your mood. Infect me, Phil. Don't peeve me, chefs. Relieve me. <laughs> oh, Phil. Stuff me into my high chair. Deliver that bread when I arrive. And give me space while I'm ordering, because I'm a delicate flower. Sure is. You're a good boy, Phil. Without any further ado, here's what really grinds Sweet Feet's gears while he's trying to enjoy his meals. Tough one to predict. See how he does. When ordering is rushed. Love that. I have a version of that. Waiting too long for a check. Ooh, I almost had that. I was like, right. I actually had that and I took it out for Wobbly Table. That's a great one. Especially when you want, when you're at a great meal, but you want to get out of there, just drop the check. When we had to flag down the guy, just give us, make it, we want to pay. I don't, yeah, I don't mind it as much because I feel like it's the opposite of so many annoying restaurant things. Like if they don't want you to leave, they kind of just hang out. True. I was also thinking about having when they drop the check before you're ready for it. When you, that's give you that's more and, that's more annoying unless it's a unless it's like a diner or a place where you know that's yeah, the deal. Right. Definitely. Being blatantly upsold. Almost had that one as well. When they tell you what appetizers to get, when you just sit down like, oh, you want to want to get some uh, dip for the table? Yeah. Sometimes you just see it when someone asks, like, should I have the salmon or the pasta? And yeah. the salmon is $39 and the pasta is 19 I mean, if you're asking that, what, you know. Yeah. When the order is messed up, served cold, or minor substitutions aren't respected. Amen, brother. Let's unpack this, Phil. Sounds like you got some, some issues <laughs> to resolve with this a certain true. restaurant. This is, Phil wants what he wants. If you ask for a little substitution, no tomatoes, give him no tomatoes. When a host lies about wait times or when you're obviously being lied to by staff. It's tough. It's tough. The song and dance of the hostess is tough because they're trying to keep you around. But you want it, you, you hope that they're being straightforward. It's a little tough. I think you should always over, like, I actually always respect if you're going to say it's going to take an hour and it's really 40 minutes. Right. You overlie like if you're going to lie. Exactly. Definitely. Be pleasantly surprised when you sit down. Yeah. Ooh, that move quick. Yeah. But I get it. It's a little tough. And I think it's a case by case. Yeah. Case Rossa. Tough job. Nice. Bonus when your pulled pork is encased in tinfoil. Oh, I got rib. I got foil in my blood. That's an inside bit from a few years ago. We went to a sports bar and I got pulled pork and it had foil in it. And I ate, I clearly had eaten the majority of it. So I had a belly full of foil. I don't know foil. <laughs> yeah. I had a rebound from that one. That was tough. Then I started tasting aluminum. It was, that was tough. That's a good one, Phil. God dang it. Do I love them? Kate comes in with some LPPPs, some Lance Parker pet peeve predictions. Nice. When you make reservations for a certain time and the restaurant seats you really late and acts like you should be happy to be there. Usually this yeah. is a Manhattan restaurant problem. I think that's a combination of two of my things. When Definitely. number nine and then when the restaurant doesn't need you. Definitely. When waiters try to oversell the specials and don't give a price and it's clear that they're trying to get rid of leftovers. We talked about, these are two things we talked about while on vacation one thing i just like i said i hated when they tell you the special and then they don't tell you the price i do hate that and i really should have had it and i don't know why i didn't have it on my list but there was one restaurant where the waiter did tell us the price 
And it was the day after I just went on like a mini rant about it. And we were like, that's great. That's the universe coming back around. Yeah. But Kate, lost her, Kate lost her AirPod and she still hasn't found it. It'll come back. She has to let it go. It'll come back. What was the, the new- uh, what was the second thing about that? The specials and... Uh, they're trying to get rid of leftovers that too i like sometimes i think that specials are just trying to get rid of stuff yeah we got the seafood they are i mean it gumbo. Is. half the time it's that's what it is yeah when a waiter gets your order wrong and they look at their notepad and say that is what you ordered even though that you know what you ordered that's what happened at this same restaurant with the where the person was new oh where they, oh, they yeah. asked for dessert Ooh. My brother-in-law's girlfriend ordered a pizza and they brought a different pizza. And then she claimed that that's what she ordered. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's it, it was pretty, it's pretty tough. And then about two minutes that. later, accept it. and then about two minutes later, she said, do you want dessert? <laughs> it's, it's not an easy job. It's and she's an like, I've job. never been in this room. It's the room where it happened. Weird pacing, really fast, really slow, or yeah. people getting meals at all different times. That's good. This is all just that one meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting the meals at different times. I almost said that as well. When you're like, you start off, you're like, oh, we'll wait till everyone eats. Then you're like, yeah. the person's like, everyone eat. Don't let it get cold. You have a fajita and, and it's already just like the pan is cold. It's just a fajita. Nice. And then lastly, aggressively loud music. So you truly can't hear anything in place. That's a nice restaurant slash not a club scene. Some restaurants you're signing up for this, like a beauty in Essex, but I don't want this at a French bistro. Yeah, that's a really good one. I feel like I've cut that out. Like if I'm going to a place like that, it's, it's on me. Yeah. It's tough. It's all about the vibes. Good one though. That's yeah. Thank you to Kate and Phil for some top predictions. Want to move and groove? In some quabs, let's do it. I got a, I got a quickie quab, but it was pretty troubling. It was upsetting. This happened yesterday. I was standing on the street, waiting to go to a show. I'm on the sidewalk, and I witness a guy walking past a girl. And right as he walks past her, he goes to her face, nice boobs. And then as he walks past her, she's like upset. She turns and looks at him. Then he looks at me, makes eye contact and like tries to give me like a smile. Like, like, yeah, like like, nice boobs. Right. And I was like, I gave him like a dirty look. I was, it really like upset me. And he was like, Oh, what are you offended? And I I, I said something like, Oh, you're, you're really cool, man. And he like, he, he walked away. I I wasn't going to fight this guy, but I did feel good that I didn't like, I wasn't, I wouldn't have kind of, I don't know what I'm glad with what I did. But it was just upsetting that he did this, that he he didn't, he doubled down. It makes me feel bad for women who have to walk around the city dealing with these. It wasn't even a cat call. It wasn't like, he wasn't even trying to pick her up. He just goes, nice boobs. Um, yeah, more than questionable. It was wrong. Terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. And it's just like, you know, what, why? And the guy didn't have one ounce of... Uh, uh, the fact that he looked at me and I like didn't validate yeah. him, it didn't make him question at all. He was like, "Oh, oh, what are you? You're, you're offended by that?" Yeah, yeah, that was it. Oh, good for you for not, you know. As much as my natural reaction, yeah. that, like, that just sucks. Yeah, yeah. Part of me wishes I was like an alpha guy who would have been like, "What?" Like, like confronted him, but I, I'm not. Well, then, but then you drag her into it. Yeah. Like maybe, like you never is that what she like? 
you know, she's, she, she, you don't know what she, then it becomes a thing. And then yeah. she involved, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. You ran into Cuomo on the street though. Cuomo is not, a, he's, he's, not he's not, he's not doing that. He's, he's just, he's, that. he's just Italian. Yeah. I'm not creepy. I'm Italian. <laughs> All right. Uh, mine is kind of in a different uh, ballpark. So we stayed at this hotel, Gurney's, which is a nice hotel when we were in Newport. Very nice hotel. My father-in-law very nicely paid for it. It, you know, it's expensive. We wouldn't have paid for for this hotel. I had a pool, and he's got an ankle, and you know, wanted to be like, let's let's go to the pool. Didn't know he's wanted to go to the beach, which I loved. Hey, what did you say? He's got an ankle. He's got like a bad ankle. So he like, oh. didn't want to be like walking around. <laughs> you said he's got an ankle. He does have an ankle. That ankle, you know, wants to just like hang out by the pool. Sure, sure. You know, we didn't, you know, the pandemic happened. We were possibly going to go to like Turks and Caicos. Didn't happen. So, I said, you know, why not spend this money on this nice hotel? Hotel was like, I don't know, like $600. It's like, it's like a lot of money. And this hotel, we, number one, we get there, we check in. The receptionist says to Kate, don't get excited. But your room has a balcony, but the door is broken and you didn't pay for it. So you can't access it. You get to this vacation and she says, don't get excited. And was like, talk, you know, it's, it's like, a, we don't need you thing. Our room is like underneath the stairs. It's again, talking about like table seating. It's like, it's like one of the worst rooms in the, well, whatever. It's fine. It's, it's like, you know, that's what you get. It's, it's no, no worries. Um, but the outlets in the room didn't work. Like where you, that's I'm not excited about that for sure. It was great. It was wild. And then just like, uh, there's like a few, like talking about loud music, they would like blast like club music, like at the pool, which like on like the Saturday, it kind of made sense. But like during the week, no one wanted it. It was, it was a weird thing. Cause obviously grateful to stay there, appreciated the whole thing, of course. But for, in terms of the hotel, it was, uh, they acted like they acted like this like luxury thing and you know the outlets didn't work in the in the room that never worked they, they didn't work the whole time like not really there is a there's like a blow dryer mm. and it just like didn't work our phones like didn't really charge like they would charge and they'd stop interesting that's 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 interesting and that's always things when you when it's, it's, it's marketed as a luxurious place. I didn't know there was a Gurney's in Rhode Island. There's a Gurney's in Montauk and it's more of like a scene. Like I've, I've never stayed. It was, there. A scene. It, it was like an Instagram place. Yeah. It, they like try to project that they're a fancy yeah. place, but yeah. kind of behind the scenes, if you actually stayed there, I could see it being kind of a house of horrors. Yeah. Yeah. So I was also happy to like, I can't imagine it'd be a good place to be stuck in for a hurricane. So mm-hmm no outlets so it, was, it was like a weird thing where there were some nice things like the oh yeah and then one time we um we ended up just like having a late lunch and they were like it was like like 3 30 or something and they were like um we only have right now we only have like these five things it was like like chips and salsa burrata whatever and we're like all right whatever but we see them coming out with things from the normal menu the whole time <laughs> oh, no. while we're eating that is a classic fancy place trying to screw the pooch. And we're like, what, what is you happening? Guys don't, then, you guys don't then, get that. Like literally 10 minutes later, they were like giving out the normal menus. Oh, it was no. just like, you know, they I think they uh, just had some, and they were definitely understaffed, which may, you know, I think 
was maybe not there. You know, sometimes you can't control that. Oh, that's that's a Republican talking point. You can't, but you can't control like individual people. It was like almost, it was like clearly a lot of these issues were larger systemic things that like, you know, like the teenagers that were working there, like were like the face of, and that's always, I think, super unfair. So now I'm starting to understand you came off a week vacation, but it it sounds like overall it was very nice. It was good. It was good. There's, it wasn't as smooth sailing as. No, it was good. I mean, it was, it was, um, no outlets. That's, I mean, that's, that's the one thing you would like to have is, is, is a couple of working I, outlets. I, I didn't like bring my phone, so it didn't really matter. Right. And you were able to pod, you, you recorded a pod from out there. So the yeah. Wi-Fi was pretty good. The Wi-Fi was good. It was very good. That's good. You got to give credit where credit's due. We watched The Sopranos like every night. Marron. Yeah. Bellissimo. Solid, delicious episode. You want to bring in the closer? Let's do it. A one, a two. I want two, three, four. It's the beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Let's shut it down, brace me. Sweet sauce, episode 91 in the Braze books. You got anything to plug? I do have something to plug, Lance. This is hot, breaking, exclusive news to Braze Bits. We are bringing back Giggles and Cream, my monthly stand-up comedy show that I produce with Eddie Jones. We're doing it September 29th at the Bronx River Yacht Club, the comedy shop, 8 p.m., a.k.a. 7.45 p.m. It's going to be a great lineup. Hopefully get Lance on there if he's available. I'm not. Come Lance is not available. If anybody, any Razorbacks want to come by, we would appreciate it. We're going to give you giggles and then give you cream afterwards. The comeback show where we come on your back. This is uh Seidel's review of it was that you're like Oprah. And I embrace being Oprah. I'm going to give away ice cream. You get a creamsicle, you get a cone, and you get a car. The uh, I have something to plug that's almost in direct competition. I'm recording a uh stand-up on september 26th three days on the same date that would be amazing (laughs) three days before it's gonna be great come to it if you have one to choose choose this one and uh come to both there's come to both but you know if you got to choose one you know you know which one but uh yeah i am excited for it and snackery's coming snackery already bought tickets so thank you snackery Fantastic. And Mrs. Snackery. Gorgeous. Yeah, there's, uh, it, it, I think it will, uh, there's limited seats. So that's good. I'm only doing one, just one shot. That's what good it is. You. That's and, exciting. You don't really stretch your legs and get a cramp. Rub it out and rub one out. Beautiful. Subscribe to the Patreon. Get involved in the Discord. Remain, let us know if you got any uh, things you want us to talk about. Thanks, everyone. Ooh.